1: Well, hello there, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another session of uh, this awesome podcast where we get to interview women who have been there, done that, and want to tell us all about it. Um Today is really special for me. I'm interviewing a dear, dear friend, a longtime friend, which is way better than saying an old friend, um, Celeste Liversidge, who is an attorney, and she's going to tell us about all of her platforms and all of the things that she's got going. Um, But I just wanted to give her a really warm welcome. This is really special for me to be able to interview somebody that I uh, have known just for a really long time. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Celeste, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Why don't you give our listeners just a brief description of the four different platforms? And I'm calling them platforms because some of them are for-profit, some are non-profit, some are apps. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about each of those four platforms that you have developed?
0: Okay, so the first is Adoption Law Group, which is a law firm. We started this way back in 2004, and it sort of continued in the same Structure. We represent adoptive parents who are pursuing foster adoptions, who are pursuing step parent adoptions, um, and guardianships. Okay. The second is also a law firm, and it was just launched less than a year ago, called True Adopt, and it's a nonprofit law firm, which is sort of a new kind of a new construct in the country. But we represent only expectant parents, women who are pursuing an adoption plan for their unborn baby, for the most part.
1: So, sorry to interrupt you really quickly. Why was there a need to develop two different uh, law groups or law practices, and why is one? Why are you taking advantage of this new opportunity to have a nonprofit?
0: So, because of the kind of the mission behind True Adopt, which is the nonprofit law firm, mm-hmm. we we knew from the very beginning it was going to be very important to make those two very distinct entities, not just in Word, but actually in, you know, in practice, in corporate structure, they're separate LLCs, their files are kept separate. um, And the the clients we serve are very, very different. So adoption law group, we, we represent adoptive parents in certain kinds of adoptions. But when it comes to newborn adoption, newborn domestic adoption, we only represent expectant parents, we don't, represent adoptive parents at all.
1: And that's in True Adopt?
0: That's for True Adopt, Okay,
1: yeah. okay. So it was just a matter of there are two demographics that you're serving, and one demographic, the one of the the birth mother, is it, it allows you to probably flex a little bit more if you're a nonprofit. Is that
0: true? So the reason behind the nonprofit is we really wanted to, this is a new, it's really of a new approach mm-hmm. to practicing adoption law. In fact, we're the only law firm in the oh, country wow. that has this model. And so we knew that in order to have it be accessible for adoptive parents, have it be palatable for adoption professionals, we needed to make it accessible financially. Because adoption, as as many people know, can be a real financial burden. Okay. And so we did not want to come in and, um, and really just, dis- kind of pile on, but we wanted to make it make it affordable. And it really is mission based. So from a from an IRS 501c3 perspective, we are serving an underserved population um, in a way that that uh, the IRS condones. Uh,
1: Okay, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. It's super helpful. And then go on, you have two more platforms that
0: you've yet to talk about. So moving on. Um, Adopt Match is a mobile app Mm -hmm. that matches adoptive parents' With expectant parents, okay, and I'll, we'll leave it at that for for this very we'll get brief back moment, to it, yeah. And then adopt connect sort of is a, an, another natural outgrowth of that, and it is a, um, it's a social media platform. It's kind of a Facebook for adoption. So ninety five percent of all adoptions now in this country are open. Um, so it's it's a place where adoptive parents and expectant parents can keep in contact, but it's confidential, it's password protective and private, um, and provides a, a also a a platform for education and a marketplace.
1: And so this is a way that birth parents can sort of be pen pals with if the adoptive parents allow for it, or if that So if
0: there's an agreement um, in in the adoption, there's always an agreement. There always should be an agreement as to what that's going to look like. So a very typical kind of a baseline is, oh, the adoptive parents are going to send Pictures and updates about the child periodically. So this is a place where these pictures can be uploaded, awesome. the updates can be uploaded. Mom can access access them anytime she wants. Um, she can d- doesn't have to worry about getting you know losing her phone or I yeah. I you know can, can't get my email account. And the adoptive parents don't have to worry about. F- hard copy photos reaching her or depending on an agency to be an intermediary and getting them to her and, you know, addresses change and things like sure. return. Probably every adoption professional has a, a file full of return to sender. Uh, yeah. Which is kind of cause, you know, yeah, it's cause heartbreaking. yeah
1: but to, to the point of what you've created, I can only imagine all those therapists who've heard for years and years the sad stories of children who are trying to connect with their birth parents. You've solved for that. Um, The ability to stay connected. The birth mothers who I'm sure have a million reasons why they did what they did and they're able to share that story and the way that allows an adoptive child to grow into an adoptive adult and understand their story. It's... um, it's amazing actually that it hasn't existed and kudos to you for, for creating that platform. Um, Tell us how you have four platforms. Tell us a little bit about why you didn't connect them all and just, create one giant company with four different arms. So how are they all interconnected and why you decided to make them distinct? I mean, you mentioned the nonprofit with uh, true adopt versus the adoption law group being a traditional for-profit um, entity, but what was it that led you to decide these really need to be four distinct operations? What was that so about?
0: Part of it is branding. And, and when I say branding, I, I feel like that word is always seems a little bit you know manipulative or coercive. Yeah. But really, branding in in trying to explain to the market yeah, at large what who we are, what we serve, and why we um and, you know and just from a very basic level why we exist. So then there are also parameters and legal requirements. So for example, a law firm you can't have a law firm, and then also we always oh, sell this sure. other stuff. At, at, you know. At the back, um, sure. in the back room, Little you have to, you know, it's yeah. like you have to, There, California bar is very, very clear about the way your corporate structure, and there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of leniency there. So that, that's for adoption law group. For, for True Adopt, again, we just, we wanted to um, make our mission very clear. We are completely designed to represent a population that is underserved, that is not to typically receive l- Quality legal representation, mm-hmm. um, and so we needed to be really clear that that's what we're all about. We don't, we do not represent adoptive parents, um, and that's obviously very intentionally. Yeah. So, that was that was the reason behind that. For Adopt Match is Adopt Match and Adopt Connect really are being branded together, mm-hmm. but they are separate entities. Because sure, you as start, well. you
1: use them as different times as the user, yes, right? That's right. Yeah.
0: So when you look at this from a timeline, you've got. You got adopt match on the front end. How do people find each other? You have true adopt in the meantime yeah. for legal representation during the pregnancy, during while the case is going on, and then hopefully people will use adopt connect to you know to remain in touch.
1: Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I mean, aside from the legal issues which complicate things, um, from a branding point of view, if you're uh, an adoptive parent, you may not understand the need for adopt connect. If it was part of adopt match, you'd be like, I've already used the service. I'm done versus it being a distinct platform. Now you're like, Oh, there's, there's something for me to do here. This is after the fact. So, um, it really is,
0: it really is sort of a prescription in our opinion for a good, you know, for a good adoption is to, and, and it doesn't have to be our product, but to use a to find each other in this way with these values um, undergirding that the matching process to make sure there's good quality legal advocacy on both ends during the match, and then to give that important relationship, that post-placement relationship, its due by you know finding some way that's better than, well, we, we sent them and sent them in the mail and they came back mm-hmm. and that's it. But really, how can we create a user-friendly platform? Because we have the technology available to us. Yeah.
1: So two things I want to ask in this next question. And one is, um, it just dawned on me in listening to you, you could not have come up with two, at least two, perhaps even three of the four platforms had it not been for your experience. One of the things that we really highlight um, with Liberty Sessions is women who um, are coming into entrepreneurship kind of post-millennial. And we definitely interview millennials as well. But there's something about the experience that you've been able to bring to it that doesn't validate each platform or not only validates each platform, but you actually understand with clarity each audience that you're serving and the various demographics that you're serving. And it seems to me have even identified in True Adopt the underserved audience. Would you say you would have been able to do all that without 20 years' experience as an adoption lawyer?
0: Well, in a word, no. (laughs) Um, No, that's that's that's. – I'm sort of smiling because um, it's been – it's taken – it really, truly has taken that long for me to – not just – it's not just a matter of confidence, but I think, you know, we talk a lot about – it, you know, fake it till you feel it. And, um, and just to you know play the part. And mm-hmm. I think, I think the, the generation coming up behind us kind of, um, has been told that a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of inspiration around that mm. notion. And I think that's great. And I, 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 I think there's a lot of value to that, but there is something absolutely, uh, crucial and vital, especially in a field like I'm in, yeah. um, to really just sit back and not not sit back and keep your mouth shut, but really listen and keep quiet long enough to learn. I, I spent I really have spent the last two decades learning from a lot of you know just all, the experts in the field. They're yeah. really and and trying to keep my message to myself um, until I felt like. I knew what I was talking about, and was and, the time and was, was right. yeah. and not that people, you know, don't disagree with me, but I'm very, very clear, finally, finally, yeah. finally, um, about what I think, how I think things should be done. And part of that, you think, oh, well, that's just self doubt. You should just, mm-hmm. you should just get out there, and mm. but there's a there's a element of responsibility that I think has to be taken into account too. Yeah. Just that comes just from learning, just learn and reflect and challenge your ideas, um, before.
1: Yeah. And I would say, I mean, in particular, and I think it's obvious as an adoption attorney, that's the case and understanding that landscape. But I would say really in anything, um, to that the best answers come from listening to what the problems are, uh, first. And I think, I think it was just in episode 20, we did a Q and a, and one of it, one of the questions was, somebody who felt like everything under the sun had already been done. And my response to that was spend time listening to what the problems are. Stop looking well, for right. new solutions that, of problems that don't exist. Look, at for, look for the problems, and that's what you've been able to do.
0: So the, we, I think about that, and we talk about that all the time, that exact concept, that it's, it's the things that you keep banging your head up. You, we bang our heads up against the same wall, whether it's personally, in relationships, in our work there's there is nothing new under the sun really yeah. but you have to we we are not we i guess we're just all very slow learners because i think you have to just keep walking through those things so for me walking through case after case after case and seeing the same problems seeing the seeing the root of the same that the same problem just oh mm-hmm. I, and i being able to at some point identify it oh that that's exactly the same thing that could have been avoided in that case I had mm. here and here and here and here. And finally saying, wait a second, we don't have to do it that way. Right. But you have to do the case after case. and walk in, in order through to know it. that yeah. there's
1: a through line. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, I think there are lots of listeners who will um, be inspired by something that takes time and requires listening. And, uh, many people who feel like, oh, I, I should just be there. I should, I should have been able to fake it uh, until I made it. And, uh, I absolutely agree that nothing, uh, nothing outweighs experience and the ability to listen. Thank you for listening. Uh, cause we have now two platforms that didn't exist before. And to that end, you just said something at the end of, uh, question two, you said, you know, whether it's our platform, you didn't use the word platform, but what we do or or through somebody else, we, we really hope that th- these prescriptions for how people walk through the adoption process are put into place. It's curious to me that um, both with Adopt Match and Adopt Connect, that this hasn't, with technology being what it is, that it hasn't existed, that you guys have really come in and done something that is changing the industry, why do you think it took people so long to act on this?
0: So for I mean first of all, there there are a couple there are some there are a couple of websites that for with regard to adopt match okay. that are matching websites. Okay. The um they don't in my opinion really cater to the demographic of either adopting parents or expectant parents now because the 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 aesthetic, the expectation okay. for speed and for um, you know for for bite-sized information has just changed so rapidly, even uh, even within the last few years. So those those products and we'll be saying this about ours unless we keep up have are sort of becoming outdated. Um, so there are products, okay. but with we we really wanted to go beyond a website because we knew. From our research that and just from looking around looking at you know putting our heads up once in a while that um everyone you know that that demographic is engaging with with mobile apps as opposed to websites so from that perspective like yes we we need to you know we need to do this we need to take advantage of the technology that's available um but then when you think about adoption the field of adoption is populated by social workers and attorneys and that's and we want that to be the case. They're these are not uh, these are not people that are particularly tech savvy, sure, um, or or just tech focused. They um, they're also the majority of them just statistically are a generation above me, mm-hmm. and so that's oh, just that's a yeah. you know inherently there's a fear of technology. They just don't they kind of are this is the way we do it, and yet they're serving
1: yeah. a. Uh, not quite
0: digitally native, but close to audience. That's interesting. Close to, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But still, it's fascinating. There are some professionals that are still telling clients, "Well, the way we, the way expectant parents find adoptive parents is, is through the, it's through you know the yellow pages, or it's through oh classified goodness. ads, a la Juno."
1: Are there any more yellow pages?
0: No, I <laughs> guess so because they're still <laughs> what's pushing happening the ads. No, really, classified oh, wow. ads. In the back, in the penny saver, like literally the penny saver that you get on the street in the box. So,
1: Celeste, so what are those people saying about you and what you're doing?
0: Well, I think they they uh, they probably are either just this is the way I've done it and it's worked for me, yeah. And it also, you know, recognizing the fact that we're in California, and sure. you know, there's a, there's a whole there's a big country out there, and in parts of the country. Um, probably people are engaging in, you know, in, in different ways than just digitally. But it's still, you know, I think they, it's working for them. So why, I'm not, why reinvent that old wheel? dog New tricks. Well,
1: okay. So you, you mentioned California just for clarity, for anybody out there who's listening, who's interested in a dot match. Let's focus on that yeah. for a minute. That's international, national where it's, I can access national, that. Yes. It's national. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So that's, that doesn't need to fall under any California jurisdiction. Absolutely not. No, no like it's that. designed okay. to
0: connect expectant parents with adoptive parents all over the country. And that's actually one of the you know, one of the absolute purposes of the app is to say to an expectant mom, you should, because we have we have the ability, we have the technology, you should have access to all of the thousands of adoptive parents that exist. That is, yeah. Not just the ten or twenty that the adoption professional whose office you're sitting in um, has to has, offer you. Has yeah, has been hired by more even, you know, more to the point. But you should have there's no reason why you can't whatever family you want, the kind of family you want, let's really spend time talking about specifics of that, because that's what a good match is, and then let's go out and get busy finding that family for you.
1: And what is that, by you creating this, what does that do within the industry to other adoption groups? Does it do anything in terms of, well, now they don't need us? Or do they still need to come, do these adoptive parents need to come from somewhere? No,
0: they absolutely, absolutely do. And the the whole, another very specific feature of the app, as opposed, and this is different than the websites that I mentioned yeah. earlier, is that. In order for adoptive parents to even be on the app, they have to be working with an adoption professional. But it gets better. But wait, there's more. Mm -hmm. It's not just an adoption professional, like an agency. They have to be an agency or a a licensed agency or a licensed Mm -hmm. attorney that's a member of one of these professional organizations, American Academy of Adoption Attorneys. But in addition to that, they have to have signed on to our guiding principles, and that's the way we were able to be very mission based in this mm-hmm. project. Like we're focused. So you have to be not only, you know, you have to have to have all of your basic decks in a row in order, excuse me. But you also have to be willing to adhere to what we think is the right philosophy and the right kind of practice.
1: That's amazing. So in, in essence, there's no reason for these people to be upset. You're actually creating a bigger net for them or network Well, for unless
0: you're on the outside of that net. Unless, so,
1: which is you don't abide by those guiding principles? Or, that's right. Okay. That you
0: are not in our – and this kind of goes back to what we said earlier about the confidence level and reaching a point where I can say – these are the best practices in adoption. Mm-hmm. Yes, not everyone's going to agree with me, but these are the best practices in adoption. So if you want to have an ethical, compassionate adoption, this is what this is how you will make sure it's it's run. Well,
1: it seems like a great way to just raise the standard across the board like
0: by demanding that. Well, and without getting into the dark underbelly of adoption, it is such a desperate desperate need because there is a lot of uh, there's just a lot of bad stuff that that goes yeah. on in domestic adoption and where the the whole the whole point of the app is to raise is to raise that standard and to create a community. And it didn't start out this way, but to create a community of professionals and adoptive parents who say, you know, we are the good guys and we're in this for the right reason and we're not going to compromise on these standards.
1: Yeah, that's amazing, and it's amazing to me what that does for all the both adoptive parents and birth parents who are listening to this and saying, I get to participate in something that does raise the standard, not only for the child that I'm hoping to adopt, but for children everywhere. I would imagine that those people generally are, kind of have a heart or are compassionate toward that entire community and the entire process. Um, So you've talked about the ability to listen for 20 years. You've talked about the industry and how somewhat antiquated it is um, or has been uh, prior to you, and and some other people who've tried to raise the bar, I'm sure. But what is it about Adopt Match that you felt like I, I know for a couple years you've been really working on this. What what do you think took so long? And I mean that with all due respect. What do you think the barriers to entry were? What what was it about um, getting this to to launch that took some time?
0: So I think probably threefold um, first one being kind of what we're talking about education just if we started off started off the with the app saying there needs to be an app yeah, Tinder has Tinder is an app that matches people. <laughs> there's an app for that. It's yeah. you know we you, There should be an app for this. You can swipe and people can have access. Yeah. And there's no reason why there's such limited access or that it's all website based and it's just really slow and aesthetically is just it's sort of painful. I was sitting with a 20, um, 21 year old client, an expectant parent, and she was looking through. You know, I was trying to show her adoptive families on online, and it was just painful. it was sort of painful because yeah. it was just. We were loading, and we would chat while it loaded, and then the picture, and then finally the pictures, and it was just, just dense, dense information, pages of information about their wedding and their vacation and their extended family, and then just tons of just bad, pixelated photos, yeah. and um, it's like there's got no, this is not where this is not where they're where they're. Right. Live. This is, n-
1: and they can get to that more dense information once they've absolutely. selected and the they top need to X Y Z. They family. absolutely
0: need to, but they know very quickly, very quickly what what they connect with, and it does yeah. start with that visual. That's just the, that's just a fact. Whether isn't that amazing? We can talk about whether that's a good thing or not, but it starts there.
1: That's amazing. Well, I um, guess we all need that in human connection, right? I mean, whether it's oh, dating or whatever, absolutely. we need to know like oh, yes. that person looks like me, or they yes. they look like somebody I can relate with, and so therefore I'm willing to put this That's child right. into those right. hands, or I'm
0: start, I'm willing to at least go to the next step of, of reading some of yeah. reading more, but asking people to pour through all of that to get there is just not it's not going to happen, and it's not about you need to have a you, know, you need to you need to look good in your photo. It's just that it needs to be a good quality sure. photo. Yeah. or and it, Because, you know, people connect, like you said, with, with just a whole range of things. So what about the actual app building, the technology piece of it? Yeah, that? the next part of that was, okay, this whole app thing. So <laughs> this is really so – really kind of humbling to admit that we, we – I started out this process. I had an iPhone, and I'm not – Insular in my thinking. Like, I understand that that you know we not everyone's walking around with their iPhone, but I didn't really know much about platforms and yeah. didn't really know anyone with an Android. Yeah. Um, yeah. So started building the app because the developer is a is a um, who we just absolutely adore and and trust. Did everything on iOS. That was his thing, and he was um, you know amazing at it. And then somewhere way 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 far too down the line, um, someone said, well how about people that are on androids isn't that where all the expectant parents are going to be they're gonna, you know what percentage of expectant parents are walking around with their iphone 7 it's like oh yeah those guys oh yeah that yeah. so then we got to do that whole android thing honestly i did not even know there were two separate pl- platforms yeah. that's the truth because yeah. that is not where my my mind was this this service this product to get people connected it wasn't it's was like and i started off thinking oh that all that back end stuff i'll just let somebody else handle that. But here's the, here's the reality is that you have to be, you really have to be involved in the, all of that, all of the detail, all of the structure of how every little tiny piece is going to fit together. Mm-hmm. Um, because it actually, it actually impacts the user experience. Mm-hmm. So you cannot just say, well, I want the user, you can't just generally describe the user experience experience and hand it off. For the app, there's an example of this would be the adoptive parents profile Mm -hmm. has a little there's a little heart so if an expectant parent likes the adoptive parents she can hit like on their profile Mm -hmm. whether she then takes the next step to ask more information for more information about them or not so we have probably had excess of a dozen conversations about should the adoptive parents be able to know how many likes they have on their profile so on one hand, like yes cuz they need to know if they don't have any likes because maybe What's they that? need to tweak you it. Too, right? maybe they, but no they're so they're so, you know, it's so emotionally charged. They're going to get they're it's really going to throw them for a loop and they're going to be kind of depressed about the process yeah. and wonder why and have a lot of anxiety around that. So again, another example of you can't just say, "Well, you, you, you handle all the back end." I don't really know how that works really have to get involved Sure, Um, lots of security issues tons this is for the expectant parent for the adoptive parents as as well just lots of need to make sure lots of reassurances that this is a um, a confidential platform
1: so yeah, I can see why it took some time just to just to get clarity on the um, on how the app was going to use and what the interface was going to be, but also like you said, and just being able to listen uh, to people. Good. And, ahead. and that,
0: okay, let me tell you the third the yeah. third one because yeah. I think this is probably less specific and more and I think relatable to a wide audience is is time. It's just the the factor of time. So if you have the luxury of being single minded. About something, Mm. then yeah, it wouldn't have you know wouldn't have taken two years. Sure, Um, but the blessing of not being able to be single-minded is not lost on me. The blessing of having all these other competing priorities in life, um, family, and my you know family or your marriage, your friends and family, other other community obligations other you know things that you actually like to do um, those are those are all things that in, in some in some respects they slow you down but they're also what what creates richness around the process sure. but many times i've thought oh if i could just you know close my door and lock sure. myself in my office for 14 hours a day i could you know, i could knock this out yeah. it would be awesome but
1: That's not the case. I know that from from developing liberty. And I mean, it's been years that I've been talking about this. But I always say if I hadn't, if I didn't have my consulting platform, my consulting business, I wouldn't be informed about what the needs are for women who are out there who at any age are looking to launch or grow their business, are looking to identify what they feel called to, are looking to kind of answer their own questions of why am I here? I I wouldn't know that. Um, And so in your case, it's so obvious that it was informed by so many things in addition to what you mentioned, which I really appreciate because I think a lot of us are how do I get there quicker? How do I move this along um, at a pace that is satisfactory? And and you're right, that's not that's not what it's all about at the end of the day. So I appreciate that you've just encouraged about um, a couple thousand people. No, well, there's that.
0: always a fear too. Every morning you wake it that you're going to wake up before we launch that you're going to wake up and get an email about. Somebody your else. product that just launched, yeah like always that anxiety, yeah, um but exactly what you just said, staying immersed in the problem that mm-hmm. you're trying to solve for you, staying mm-hmm. in, keeping you know consulting yeah. and for for me, staying on the front lines and actually doing adoption um has been it has made a huge difference. I think is almost uh, so you've answered crucial. that question you'll mm-hmm.
1: you will remain kind of an adoption attorney while you're doing these other things. You don't imagine a scenario in which you hang up that
0: no. Okay, no, I think I would lose I think the uh, the products that were that we that we have and we're going to continue to develop would would suffer. I think we'd lose touch, yeah, pretty, I actually I mean,
1: sorry, creates a lot of work for you, but I actually yeah, love thanks. that you're connected in that way. Celeste, you've talked a lot about the pain points, and I'd love to get a little bit more specific um, you, because you've talked about taking the time to listen and really understanding what the um, the demographic needed and wanted. Can you talk a little bit about what those pain points were
0: so or are? In, in thinking about the app and once we realized, hey, we have an opportunity here to infuse the um, the process with some of these things that we think are really important. So in order, this is a great product and in order to be a part of this community, in order to have access to this as an adoptive parent, these are the things that you have to sign on to. Um, And those, those are, I'll tell you what those are. So first of all, number one, you have to be working with a professional who is, we said before, who is, you know, accredited Mm -hmm. and all that. You have to, you have to be willing to provide separate legal representation for the expectant parent. So Mm -hmm. not having one attorney represent just the adoptive parents or um, and hopefully this doesn't happen very often, but having one attorney saying they're representing both parties. Sure. While adoption is not an adversarial process, there are still separate interests that need to be um, addressed and advocated for in order for it to be a good, you know, a good, healthy, child-centered adoptive placement. So legal representation for mom, and that's paid for by the adoptive parents. Number two, that you are having a meaningful conversation about how is post-placement contact going to work? Everyone's talking about open adoption. Okay, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. How is that gonna be reduced to writing in a meaningful way that if the state law, um, whether the state law allows for enforceability because of the state laws vary significantly throughout the country, or just to give that agreement some teeth. So, mom, when she signs her consent and says, "I'm giving up all of my parental rights," I know that I have some sort of some sort of recourse. I have this written document that says we're going to keep in contact. We're going to, you know, send pictures and letters every six months or every year. We're going to see each other, you know, in five years or just just something. So it's a meaningful conversation, and it's not what happens often, unfortunately, is everyone's kind of waiting for to see if she's going to raise the issue and well if she asks for it you have to but if she to, doesn't you cut her out uh, a lot of time well well and it's not necessarily cut her out but it's not being accountable to okay. a specific um, a specific schedule or a specific performance of this you know keeping keeping in contact being responsible to send pictures to send to send updates so it's having that meaningful conversation Creating a document that reduces that to writing, whether it's enforceable or not, and then the third thing, which is woefully lacking and so important, is post-placement support for mom. So mm. everyone says that they provide post-placement support and counseling, and we're always here for you. But the reality is that there's a there's a big lack of skilled, therapeutic, mm. like real qualified grief counseling, for example. Mom, when a, when a woman places a baby for adoption, there is grief, there's trauma, sure. there's incredible loss. And a lot of times we – documents are signed and she's, you know, just give her a ride home and um, and that's sort of it. And we're, we're here for you just does not cut it. So it's being pr- very intentional and proactive about what is that post-placement support going to look like? Here's the therapist. This is the time your appointment is. Um Here's the. There are all kinds of resources now, but connecting, getting people connected with those resources, yeah. is is so important. So it's what 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 do you do that you can you can really articulate for us? And if the final thing is fees. Do you charge reasonable fees, or are your are your is your fee structure just sort of absurd? How do they answer that? Uh, well, or the, do you answer yeah, it for them if they? If, it, the the good guys are not super defensive about it, and they give us our fee agreement, and we recognize that it takes a lot of money to to run an adoption agency to 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 compete in the climate that exists right now for adoption. Um, it's a you know limited limited supply and high demand, sure. but there's a limit. This should not be a profit driven industry because we're talking about human lives and yeah. relationships. Um, so it's it's what are the ethics that should be brought to bear on that.
1: And I would think, I don't, I think we can just leave it to our audience to make the connection, but I would think with our awareness around trafficking being what it is that you, the time is now for you to say, oh no, we have to, we have to draw very distinct lines between
0: us and them. That's very astute of you to to say that because, and I, I try. I always think that, but I I have to be Sorry, careful. I said no. It. I have you to didn't. be careful to say that. But it really it it is just a gut. It's a gut test. There there are many situations where, you're like, wait wait a second, this really feels and yeah. sounds like human trafficking, and I I, I don't think that's wrong.
1: Yeah. No. And I, I appreciate, and I think most people will appreciate that the person who is the founder of this platform is looking at it in that way, because there's something about speeding up the process through the app that will make people take note and say, okay, let me read through what, what is this person? What are their core values? And when you read that, it's like, Oh, this person has crossed those eyes and dotted or crossed those T's and dotted those I's. And and also it's interesting to me, even in the advocacy or the the commitment to the birth mother, how much of saying we're here for you requires the birth mother to reach out when in so many cases these birth mothers are not going to reach out, whether it's their age or their circumstances. Or it, they don't have a ride. They don't have yep. a ride. There's to a the, lot of practical you know, is considerations this really, to, yeah. So to have somebody that's pursuing them and that you guys are are. are f- forcing that really, and enforcing it, um, or enforcing it, I think is amazing. Thank you for spending a minute on that. Because again, we've talked a lot about the pain points. And I think other people can look at what you've put together and say, what is that in my world? What is that in Definitely. my industry? What is that in, again, the the sphere of influence or the area of influence that I have, that I can really look at some really taking practical measure, measures and and making a difference so
0: that tra- it translates not you know it, it translates in whatever industry you're in yeah. if you're if you're providing a service if you're charging people money for for work that you're doing, that, that those principles can translate.
1: Okay, let me move us because I want to get to the um, expert advice piece. There's a lot that you have to, to share with our audience. But I want I do want to ask you, somebody who's who set out to do something that is um, traditional and well regarded as an attorney who, you know, there's kind of a clear trajectory or path. What was it like for you to think about what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? And when did that did you ever consider that you were an entrepreneur or entrepreneurial? And when did that finally click for you? Like, yes, I I have this um, somewhat traditional role, but I want to be able to use it in a, in a unique way or in a way that I haven't, I don't
0: see evidence of. I think, um, I, I kind of know, I knew pretty early on that I needed to have my own shop, whatever, whatever yeah. that was going to be. Um,
1: and you have with, I mean, you have as an attorney, in fairness,
0: you've been running your own practice as an attorney, but this is different. It, it will start, you know, and going, going way back, going way, way back, um, it was very important for me to start out working under gui- the guidance of a very established law firm. Yeah. Um, and learning what it means to be, just what it means to be a lawyer, what it means to run a, run a business, mm-hmm. what it means to interact with clients, um, and very important that I was learning from people whose, whose values I shared. So I was able to get that foundation for five years before I started my own practice, which I don't know how people do that. Before. With, some people do. And they, you know, they you figure it out. Figure yeah. It out. But, but um, that, was, that was very important for me. But the whole time, I think, knew just from my own temperament mm-hmm. and um, kind of my inability to stay, to color within the lines that mm-hmm. I was going to need to to you know out my own shingle as they say at some point um that's a temperament thing and a um a tolerance for risk thing and those all have the there's the good and the bad of yeah. both of those things but you have to know that about yourself and i don't know what maybe 30 how old do you think you have to be before you it's probably close to being married. That's being yeah. married age.
1: Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's an age, but I do think you have to have a few things under your belt. I mean, we've talked about the experience. The What I think a lot of, um, I, I don't want to say just millennial because that's not fair, but what younger people don't bring to the table and experience they bring to the table in in technology, like, how can I get there fast? The problem with that, and I, and I'm seeing that in the entrepreneurial space, is it can be, they, they all start to look the same, they all start to offer the same things, because they're solving for a somewhat one dimensional problem instead of anticipating what the problems are, or like, what is really the problem? Okay, yes, we all need to the how-to information, but is there something beyond that? And again, I think that just comes with time. Um, and building on that, you, you know, after 20 years, again, uh, practicing as an attorney and now creating two things in particular, and, and three, really, with your nonprofit um, firm, True Adopt, you've created three... Platforms that are, I would say, somewhat disruptive. And I don't use. While everybody else uses that term pretty loosely, I don't. In fact, I don't think I've ever used it in a podcast. Um, But I would say this: this warrants that word. What? How does it feel to be sitting on this side? And I know you well enough to know that it's not over, and you're not finished, and you're not going to rest on what you've built. But how does it feel to sit on this side and say, "I've," from a life's work point of view, halfway. Point of a life works a life's work point of view. How does it feel to to be able to say I've I've put a dent in
0: this industry or in this kind of micro economy? So I don't view, I don't really, or I haven't to this point viewed myself that way. Um, whenever people use that word, I feel like it just
1: the word disrupt. Yeah, it just yeah. comes
0: like comes with a big ego and just well, I um, said it, kind didn't. of a no, kind of a, like, a self, you know, I don't know, self inflated really it's it was more of just a maybe an intrinsic um, a tendency to not accept the way things hmm. are, and to say that could be done better. I think that's kind of at the core of of who I am is often looking at things and saying, "Oh that's good, but how can we make it better? Um, my husband would probably attest to that as well um. I like, I love him just the way he is. <laughs> um, but, but, and also looking at, looking at industries in general and saying, and, and being very sensitive to the, the underdog and are people being treated, compassionate, are people being treated in a way that's just. Mm. So whether that's my legal training or just my inherent, you know, I'm, I am justice oriented, mm. um, probably I mean, well before. You know, well before law school, I was mm-hmm. justice-oriented on the playground, and I think so. Looking at looking at industry and saying that's not that's not right, that's not the way it should be. So let's so it's not starting out saying I'm gonna I'm gonna come in and be a disruptor, but it's just gosh I can't do this anymore this way. So I'm gonna dis- disrupt myself,
2: mm-hmm. and oh, then wow. yeah.
0: let's see if it catches on. And the more the more we've seen it work the new way, the more like wait a second everyone should do it this way.
1: Yeah.
0: Every and it, which is a tough thing to say because it's really kind of the that's those are not popular um, ways of speaking in 2017. Mm-hmm. We're very much like, well, that's alright for me and what you know, it's different for everyone and it's not different for everyone. It's okay that we're coming out and saying there's objective ways that that things should be done. There are some standards and
1: some things, some kind of baseline things that we need to, especially when it comes to moral issues around adoption or or whatnot. They're not all, um, they are black and white. Many of them are black and white. And I think that can be the case outside of adoption
0: too. Um, Well, and the fascinating thing is that people are really starting, we've had just you know conversation after conversation about these issues and we're not – it's not revolutionary. People are kind of – the professionals that we speak to on a regular basis, they – oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. That's right. They're not having to pause and think about Resist. it for a long time. They're – I think it's a, a relief to a lot of them that there's – these things are being talked about and they're being brought to the fore. And that's what we, we continue to plan on doing.
1: I love – I love um – um one of the things you said when you talked about not being comfortable with the word disrupt and you said, um, but disrupting the way I do things. And I think that can allow for a lot of freedom. If we just think about how do I disrupt the way I do things? How do I disrupt a world that I know intimately or I know well and removing the, I, in order to be of note or have an impact, I have to disrupt an entire, uh, platform, business, um, economy, uh, organizational structure, whatever, there's a lot of freedom that you bring to that. And I'd love for you to talk about, we're going to kind of transition now into your expert advice because there's so much that you have to offer our listeners. And I think there's a lot of women um, that are going to be listening to this that are going to say, wow, wow. That's pretty amazing. I don't have four platforms. I don't even have one platform. I don't know where to begin. How can I create an impact within my own world, within the sphere of influence that I may have, or if I don't have a sphere of influence, but I care deeply about something, how do I create impact? I I, I can't even compete with what I'm listening to uh, right now in the podcast. What would you say to that person, and again, I would love for people to hang on to that little nugget you gave of just disrupting yourself, but what would you say to a woman who just listened to your story? Um, I know we had you at the live uh, WeWork Santa Monica event, and I heard so many people come up to me afterward and say, oh my gosh, that's insane. What she's doing is amazing. Um, and this is awkward for you, I'm sure. But how do how do you respond to a woman like that? What do you say to them?
0: So let me let me speak directly to women, since you raised that, and that's who we're talking to I for did. the most part. Right? It's all my fault. So we have a unique ability, I think, to understand the needs of our consumers in a very um, on a on a very deep level. So I would say, generally speaking, start start there. Start with compassion for the user, for the, for your Hmm. consumer, compassion for the user. Um, Pain points, pay attention to pain points. That really is what has driven everything that we've done in the last two years is, oh my gosh, I can't, this is, this is, this is not good. This is not good. This could be better. It's not working. Everyone just keeps doing it the same way and kind of just either ignoring this other part, or just shrugging their shoulders, or throwing their hands up and you know in despair and saying, "This is the way it is." So, paying attention to the pain points, not allowing yourself to take any of the have any of those responses, and saying, "Wait a second, even in the smallest of ways, if you start with compassion for the for your customer, I think that that will lead you to even on the on a small scale. How can I how can I do my practice better? Whatever that is, sure. whatever industry that's in, um, people are afraid to do that. I think because they worry that they're not going to be able to compete financially. That if I if I look at the customer with with compassion and that's my business model, well, that's just a well, that's why you're a nonprofit. That's right. Um, but yeah. that has not been my experience at all. Ever in my law practice, we have had more business than we ever could handle because we are. Definitely, because we're good at what we do. We have the we have the knowledge and the expertise. But we tr- we treat people ethically. And it sounds really basic, but it's amazing to no, me how... I,
1: I absolutely yeah. agree. I absolutely agree. And we see big corporations um, landing there, finally. You know, whether it's a giant soap company like Dove, who all of a sudden is caring about uh, the way women look at themselves and what it means for young girls to see uh, in front of them... Uh, an example of a woman who's full and complete, who doesn't look like the pages of Vogue. I mean, we see companies who, for whatever reason, surely it's a promotional and a marketing strategy, but they're coming at it from what do our consumers care about and how do, how do we uh, support that? And oh, by the way, we're selling a product too. So yeah. good for the consumer.
0: And if you have to, if for Dove, if they have to spend money on this campaign, whether they are doing it for business purposes or not, or if you have to, as an attorney, if you have to you know, charge less because that's the ethical mm-hmm. amount of charge, or spend more money on you know on some other resource in your practice. That's a financial sacrifice. But my experience is that it be- is made up in spades. I agree um because you have a loyal fo- following your clients' love you. I've never had a client not pay their bill um and they'll tell they'll yeah. tell their friends
1: absolutely. Yeah. Nothing beats word of mouth on that end. So, um a lot of people are also listening and saying that's fantastic she built an app. How do you start building an app? What was, what's the first thing you do? Who, who do you call? Where do you begin in terms of you brought the legal experience and expertise to these platforms, but where did you start with technology? Yeah.
0: Well, let me be really clear. I, as I said before, I did not build an app. I did. uh, So remember, I didn't know the difference between, you know, Yes, the, the, iOS, Android. the Android. Yeah, but, I
1: by the way told somebody somebody in my family. I said I cannot believe you haven't left a review on iTunes, and they're like, because I have an Android, you don't mm, have a way. <laughs> I know. It's like okay, well, we're I'm gonna, gonna get work right on, on that. that. <laughs> right on <Yeah>. that. <laughs> so back to you. Yeah, yeah. So
0: I yeah. So I did. I did not build an app. I had a very um, a loose idea, and I found the such a blessing. But I I found somebody who was. Very mission minded with mm-hmm. regard to adoption, had worked on a, a huge um, adoption related platform for a company for from an organization in Los Angeles. So really was um, was very in tune with just kind of the mission behind adoption in general, but also had incredible expertise. Incredible works for one of the for probably the um, most prestigious app developers in the in the industry. I didn't know that until recently because he had told me I had no idea what the company yeah, okay. was. Like, good oh, that's great for, for you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be able to have enough time to do what we need yeah. to do? Um, so, so, but just, you know, spending the time to learn. It's mm-hmm. taken a lot of time and spending But so specifically to answer your question, I would say keep it simple. That's, that's Brent's, um, the app developers, his constant rem- reminder, a constant refrain. The joke in our office is just, okay, that's 2.0 that's two point, yeah. that's 6.0 that's keep it simple keep it simple and the th- i think there's the, maybe some anxiety around wanting to create something really intricate and cool and very very distinctive from what's robust. out there yeah. yes we robust. yeah but you the interesting thing is that we have found that what we've la- what we launched was actually different than what we sure. start, of course, what we started off. So had we gone the, the, you know, the complicated, we probably would have abandoned many of those features sure. along the way sure. and it would have spent a lot of unnecessary resources on them. So keeping it simple with the eye toward, we're going to build, we're going to listen to the feedback, we're going to h- listen to the consumer, be open to complaints, which are hard to hear because you give birth yeah. to this thing, like, of course. isn't it great? Like well, of course. What a miserable person! Wait, wait, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, And listening, and then incorporating changes as as you know as needed. Um, So, keeping keeping it simple with an eye toward toward growth later.
1: So, if you have this concept for an app, it's just identifying. You know, start to get to know whether it's going to your local chamber and starting to ask, or probably. Um, identifying a tech group in your area and just saying, hey, this is what I'm looking for and just start getting names, getting to know people. It sounds like with, in your situation you identified somebody who, as you said, was also kind of mission-driven and understood um, the landscape and could apply the technology. So, so kind of getting finding those people who can help you in that way.
0: Fill in the gaps. Yeah. Fill
1: in the gaps. So you're running four platforms. You have a full staff. Um, this requires lots of organization. Um, one of the things that our listeners love to hear, are kind of tools, resources, other apps outside of uh, Adopt Connect and Adopt Match, but other apps that you could recommend that people might use, Any anything you have. I mean, I can only imagine what it must be to run these four different platforms. And let me tag on one other question. Do you start your day and divide it by four and say, I'm going to spend equal parts of the day on each of these different platforms? Or is it kind of, does it, yeah, I'm laughing as I'm asking the question, but it's a, it's a question that I think a lot of people are like, how do you do it? And so how do you do yeah,
0: it? Yeah, I so aspire to be that person that does that, that has their... Yeah, sure. I read about them all we're, the time. I'm so glad that so you're not, though, because so many it books gives us hope. about how important that is. Yeah, um, and I've definitely learned the hard way. I'm smiling because I think you know me probably better to know that I'm not um, that, I, that I'm, not, I'm not that structured person.
1: But it, well, let me just say this. Um, but you are incredibly efficient with the time that you do have, and so you've been able to get away with things that perhaps somebody who's less efficient would absolutely need the structure, right? No. And
0: one thing I have very um, – by kind of painfully learned is that you – and I, I read this and it actually stuck with me and then I ignored it and then I kept coming back to it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe I'll actually try that. And that's that you need to be working as a business owner. You need to be working on your business. Yeah. Um, and I know I've heard you talk about that, you know, what, 30% of the time. Yeah. Um, and that has come as a very as a slow lesson to me because I want to put my head down and do the work sure but when I do that I'm it, the business is not the foundation gets cracks very quickly yeah. so it's great you can have as many employees as you want but if they're not working efficiently and if you're not s- stepping back so so as a practical tip um, I don't come in the office I'll, I'll be down literally to, downstairs from the office working. Working remotely in an, in you know local coffee yeah. house <laughs> yeah. because and employees are up here working but because I know the second I come in sure. it's going to be all about the business structure and it's going to be about answering questions answering questions you know specific questions about administrative things or case related things or um, you know we need to look at this the marketing thing and I can't really think. So, yeah. I can't, so you have to carve out specific time. Sometimes it's in my car often. And it's, it's a car.
1: different kind of thinking. Uh, yes. Creative thinking really needs your full attention. It's not a multitasking exercise. It really requires all of you, and you have to bring every sense to the table. And if you don't have that space, you can't be creative, and you are the visionary. And the vision continues to need to be worked on. It's not
0: a one-and-done thing. And you can have, but I think you either like to do one or the other. Um, and so you have to recognize that, but don't allow yourself to only focus, to, to only, only really pay attention to the, to the one. So I have to be in the office answering questions, interacting with employees, or they start feeling adrift sure. and start feeling sure. disconnected. Um, and like the they important. frustrated, they can't sure. get their questions answered. So I got to be here just You know, answering questions, letting it bounce off of me, but I also need to be able to have that creative time because that's actually what fuels me and what I'm, you know, that's where the passion comes from. So,
1: so literally dividing, uh, not every day is the same, but creating, carving out time, blocking time, just that's I'm here working on the vision. I'm working on what's next. I'm working on partnerships, relationships, whatever I can envision that are going to grow this this or these various platforms any practical yeah. like organizational tools
0: so we just started using slack mm-hmm. um and we it, it's it's if you use it if you use yeah, it you, it's <laughs> so it, you know it just creates a yeah. cold new level of efficiency but you have to get in the, like everything else you have to get in the discipline of using it yeah so um our office administrator is she's cracks the cracks the yeah. slack whip yeah um no slack no, she's, no, no Slack on the Slack. Sorry, I couldn't help. But, uh, <laughs> Good one. I'm going to write. Yeah. I'm writing that down. Tile you can Tracker. can have that for free. Thank you. Uh, tile Tracker, which since you know me, you know that I sometimes lose things. Mm. Um, Children, mm. no, no, Never have, child. no. Never a Never child. Never a child. Never a child. Only
1: keys and wallet to keys my Keys and
0: wallets and phones and keys and wallets and phones. Mm-hmm. And so yep. Tile Tracker is my... My just new, my new best friend. Tile trackers everywhere. Yeah, on everything.
1: So tile tracker. Yeah. What is So it tile exactly? tracker? It's a
0: little. It's just your little. It's a little square buddy that you put on. Um, I have one on my phone. I have. It's a one physical thing. In my you purse. Attach it. To- I have one on my. Not on my children yet because they're yeah. not yet teenage yeah. or they're not yet yeah. dating. Yeah. Um uh. <laughs> but on on kind of, my laptop yeah. on my now I have glasses because of yeah. because we've known each other for so yeah. long uh-huh, that it's time uh-huh, for me to have uh-huh. reading glasses so in the case just which is, and I access it all the time. That's so awesome, right And it just sings a little song to you oh, and says, It's so yeah. sweet. It yeah. sweetly reminds yes. you. Yeah. It's, it's not totally obnoxious yeah. about, you know, why are you
1: <laughs> not such a loser and you can't
0: find your keys <laughs> okay. again.
1: Tile tracker. So tile tracker. And then you had mentioned something I know to me in a separate conversation that was about um, the ability to send really kind of private and information that needs to be secure. And I think, this might just apply to legal issues but perhaps somebody who's in another business where confidentiality is an issue could they use this first of all remind me of the software
0: yes it's called Virtru. Virtru. A- v i r t r u Okay. and it's basically a um no it just creates a patent no yeah, exactly that's the, that's the thing it's the trick exactly yeah. that's very 2017 uh-huh. but it's uh it's a it's just a software that that Creates a password protected okay. document. So if I'm sending medical records or if I'm sending confidential okay. forms, it you you send separately. You send a password, um, and it has to be used to access it. Okay.
1: So yeah. there are other businesses that could yeah. utilize it. It's not just for legal purposes. Yeah. Okay. Um. So having experience, the experience of working for somebody and working alone, um. You already addressed earlier that just your personality isn't risk averse, is willing to kind of color outside the lines. There's a lot of things about you and I I would agree that are sort of built for entrepreneurial thinking and for uh, looking at doing things in a different way. Is there a personality type? Is there a woman who could be listening to this podcast that you would love to just gently say, look, if you're not XYZ, maybe this isn't for you in the in the kindest way. Because I think something that I learned um, probably in the first 10 years of working with entrepreneurs when, you know, back in my kind of New York days and working with emerging female designers, I was like, everybody can be an entrepreneur. Everybody has that spirit. Everybody wants to do something creative. And at some point I learned, oh, yeah, no, not everybody should do this. And it's not because people don't it can't muster up the capacity. It's because it's not always a perfect fit and we want people to thrive, right? To feel called to what they're doing and to thrive. So is there a personality type that you would say, maybe this isn't the trajectory or the path for you?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, my what kind of fuels the entrepreneur is this excitement that comes from what could be, mm. right? Yeah. So
1: yeah, not that's, everyone... amen. That's good. Not everyone yeah. is...
0: Ex- a lot of people are really not just comforted but excited about you know about what is and the stability and the constructs of, you know, a corporate environment where they're the the lines are really clear and they know they're gonna be able to go in, they're gonna do their job and they're gonna be really able well. to know yeah. and know exactly yeah. what their job is and they're gonna fulfill that. Um, and there's a there's a what's it called? There's a what's the chart? There's an org chart, org chart. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. See? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Case in point. There's an lady. org chart. Which which actually so one of the, th- the challenges, though, is c- now I have you know this group of employees, and we need to have an org chart yeah. and a, po- a you know employee yeah. handbook and all of, all of those things that I'm like ah we don't really need that. And but no, it's do.
1: somewhat ironic because yeah. you see people who are entrepreneurial. And get to a point where they have to start acting like a grown up business, and I mean that respectfully. But they have to, they've got employees, they've got lives that they have to manage, they have systems they have to put in place. They Bookkeepers have that
0: are asking questions. i always like
1: start with yeah. start start with handbooks. Like just start having somebody yeah. write down every single thing yeah. they do. So when that person leaves, and they will at some point, yeah. you can replace them. But it's it's uh, there's some real tension in it for somebody who is entrepreneurial, and I have noticed. Um, I'm not saying it's the case with you, but I have noticed that not, and I speak for myself when I say this, not all entrepreneurs are the best managers. Perhaps it's a good idea to bring in somebody who knows how to manage the flow of daily traffic because my head is on what's happening in two years from now. I don't know. Can you just do it? Can you just get it done? I don't know. And so
0: but but you have to be involved in the creation to, yeah. of that so you can't just say here you do no, it because here's the thing as an as a business owner and as an entrepreneur you're going to look at that and go no that's not right let me yep. I'm, that, that's not how i wanted it to be and that's not as, as as good as it could be yep. so you have to you just have to take the time, carve out the time to pay attention to that, and then to delegate it. Yep. Um, and the rub is that when you're starting out, you just don't, typically don't have the resources to bring on those people, which I think is a blessing because it forces I it's a you. Blessing. Yeah. forces you. You know, a few years ago, it's like, I can't just do this whole, like, I don't really understand payroll taxes thing. Like, I have yep. to really, yep. so I went to an entire like, <laughs> seminar <laughs> yeah. I did about yeah. payroll. I was like, gonna, you know, yeah. lose my mind by the end of it, but now I understand payroll taxes, and so I don't do them. Yeah, but it was very important for. And me. And you understand
1: percent. when something's being wrong, or being done wrong, or you understand when there's a, a fire that needs to put be put out. What to do? Um, absolutely. And you are bottom line at the end of the day, you are responsible. Absolutely. So you need to yeah. know all that. Um, so somebody who maybe wants to live within the lines and have an org chart is that? Yeah, kind and of- I don't
0: say that in a derisive way. Like that's yeah. great. Like, but my husband um, is. So incredibly accomplished and excellent at what he does, and he needs he, that, yeah. structure, he that, that structure. That that structure has yeah. allowed him, you know, allowed him to, yeah. the freedom to do that. And yeah. he's he's not he's not excited about what could be. He's yeah. well. Let's just enjoy what is yeah. right here why and are what you, is. Why, are like, you why, why does it chaos? all have to be? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I'm married to mm-hmm. not your mm-hmm. husband, mm-hmm. but somebody mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. similar too. Well. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you one more yeah. question. Um, this th- We're going to go over on the podcast, ladies. Just hang tight. It's all good stuff. But do you imagine or can you imagine in the next few years the adoption landscape shifting in a way that you're going to be called to advocate, whether it's taking on a role in Washington, D.C., or, I mean, something's going to have to happen as you and other people start to kind of show the underbelly and people are exposed to how the sausage is made, and this is the case for all industries. Is there a a role that you can imagine that would be foisted upon you or that you would be even interested in taking that that takes that brain of yours and helps it to start writing, you know, advocating for, writing new laws, whatever it is, is there something that you can imagine that sh- this shift is going to tip over?
0: Funny you should ask. Oh.
1: <laughs> I didn't yeah. know. I didn't I don't know what she's going to no, say. No, for, I funny. mean,
0: we, we have, <laughs> so in my mind, um, we have this one trajectory and that's to change, not change, to promote the conversation that really is already going on in some, in some facet, but to bring that con- conversation to, to the fore, to expand on it, to expand awareness, to educate, to raise the standard in the, in the adoption practice through the app, through True Adopt, through, so, and that's great. And that's, that can accomplish a lot, but it really cannot be, um, as, com- it can't be complete because there's going to be, there is going to be a, um, there's going to be a population that doesn't care about a dot match, doesn't care about best practices, and thinks that that's just sort of uh, you know nonsense. And this Man. is the way we do it. And they don't understand. They don't understand the, the challenges that we face that require us to have our to do our practice in a different way. And that those that change has to come through legislation. So we are already working on California legislation. Then um, it's not a very favorable climate for that at all. The, mm. the the uh, the lobby is not um, in line with what with what we will be advocating for, but we definitely feel like the in order to close that circle, it has to, that has to be done through legislation.
1: And and the lobby is not favorable because the money that is available is from the adoptive parent. What is You're
0: again so astute. Yeah. Uh Yeah, that's <laughs> why you're on the other side that, of yeah, the microphone. No, 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 yeah. no, because that's the, the money. The money for the lobby comes from adoption professionals and adoptive parents, sure. and there's just not a lot of funding yeah. from expectant parents. Sure. And, you know, because I f- eat, breathe, and sleep adoption, I, I I forget sometimes that adoption is a very it, – it it's something that touches a very small part of the population. Mm-hmm. So – there's just not. It's it's. There's just. It's not like it's a big federally funded issue. It's doesn't. It just doesn't touch that as many people as it would need to, um, to have. I think of a, 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 the the vis- visibility that it would need. So. It's probably going to take somebody like me or some of my colleagues. In order to to make that that change, Mm
1: -hmm. do you think that that is changing? Um, Do you see a shift in the demographic in terms of people waiting to have children until later, or millennials who are choosing to adopt over giving birth? It is the. It seems as though, from a layperson's point of view, as though the uh, the again, I hate calling it an industry, but forgive me. But the industry is expanding or is getting bigger. That more adoptions are seem to be the K ca- the trend. Well, it's
0: interesting that you, th- that that's your perception. Cause it's actually the opposite. Um, that adoption rates are, they, they, they went down significantly around 08. And is
1: that have, money? Was that a money issue?
0: Because Probably p- a money issue. International adoption okay. was huge. That has, that has decreased. So now you have additional adoptive parents in the domestic adoption market, okay. um, with, with, and the supply at the same time has been reduced, partly because of the um, accessibility to abortion, partly because of the all the other um, assisted reproduction technology that's available, which sure. is ex- ex- exploding and is ex- expands sure. literally every day. So now people have a lot of other options when it comes to creating a family um, when they're facing infertility.
1: Yeah, and I've, mm-hmm. I forgot about the international thing being distinct, because you're right, it seems as though a lot of... That, that was a lot of the boom. Um, and as I understand it, more and more countries are closing those yes, doors. Yes, that's absolutely
0: happening. Okay. And in some cases, it absolutely should, sure. should happen.
1: Sure. Again, it crosses some of those things that we talked about yes. earlier. I want to be sensitive to so many parents with a great heart. Who, no, absolutely. Have, who've adopted, but um, being sensitive to those issues. First of all, thank you so much for sharing everything with us. Um, I want to just really quickly get to kind of this fun, silly way of of, um, getting our audience to know you a little bit more. And I also want to say to our listeners, we will have all of the four platforms that Celeste mentioned. We will have uh, the URLs and the, um, apps and any Instagram handles for, for each of those respective platforms on, um, on our site. So hang tight for those, but really quickly, Celeste, um, I'm going to ask you six questions and just whatever comes to mind. Um, do you prefer I a I never nine- do well on these, yeah.
0: <laughs> these tests is a trick.
1: Do you yeah. prefer a nine to five or a flex schedule?
0: Uh, how about like nine to 3 a.m.? Does that, oh, is that yeah. is that an option? Is okay, a so flex, please? One of those.
1: Flex yeah. schedule. Flex schedule. With moments of like dinner and kids and pickups and yeah, that's yep. the trick with those three AMs. Yep. Um, vacation, mountains or beach?
0: Uh, definitely beach. Love to love to the ocean and how it reminds us of how small we are. Oh,
1: that's cool. Um, and then work from home or office or
0: is car an option?
1: Car and what else did you say? Coffee shop and I think I said smoothie shop. Bench. So. Okay. Cr- yeah. Okay. And Nita, so yeah. office and it, when you're here listening to problems and managing yes. team and then away from office. Definitely office. office yeah.
0: Definitely away from office as well. So
1: okay, um, work alone or with a team.
0: I think you can work alone to a certain to a certain point and then. You you end yeah and you've got to have a team in order to expand and I just have the most awesome awesome team and you realize very quickly how your ability to not just get things done but yeah. to um, to be better to, think to be yeah differently to, to have your your ideas sharpened yeah you just can't do that on your own
1: that's awesome um, okay the hardest question we have Thai or Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank not, you not for clarifying. Um,
1: <laughs> Italian? Yeah, no, no, no. Thai or Mexican? You have to uh, answer one of those. But
0: I'm, you know. I no. no. My, okay. Thai or Mexican? Mexican.
1: Okay. Mexican. And then we, you have to because you're from California. Is that like California, like Tex Mexy, or De- yeah, is that like no, legit? definitely California Tex Mexy. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. And then what does it mean? for you to be liberated. We have named this um, brand, this company, this podcast, Liberty, Liberty Sessions, Liberty for Her, all forms of liberty. And it's really because we want to take a look at what it means for women to be liberated by answering their call. And and through entrepreneurship, it's a vehicle. What does it mean for you to be liberated?
0: It means to be able to make... To recognize and then affect change in an industry that I care deeply about, mm. and to show my daughters, my three daughters, mm. that they they as well can can their live, live their lives in a way that makes an impact.
1: Yeah, I can't um, I can't imagine another way to leave a legacy of liberation um, for your daughters than showing them what's possible with Listening and with a lot of hard work, um, both in the very specific industry that you've um, been a change maker in and for. Uh, on behalf of, but also for them to identify what does that mean for me to to see that example and figure out where they're going to apply it. That's awesome. Thank you, Celeste Liversidge, dear, dear friend. Um, it's been great to interview you. And I'm so excited for all these people to listen to this story and to hear um, a little bit about what you're doing in the adoption uh, industry, if you will, and also how they uh, can be inspired to create their own change in their respective worlds. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye. See you guys later. Liberty Sessions is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate and review Liberty Sessions on Apple Podcast. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to launch and grow your own ventures. You can also find us every day on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Liberty For Her. And please leave a comment using the hashtag Liberty Sessions. We want to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and brilliant ideas. Liberty Sessions is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Wyndham, and music by Jordan Flower.